are standing, let us now join together in our call to worship. You can find this in your bulletin or on the screens above. Grace to you in peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among those who he favors. Let us praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. You may be seated. I'm going to invite the Huddleston family forward for our Advent candlelighting. The candles on our Advent wreath remind us that Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus fulfilled the word of God, spoken through Isaiah. The people who walked in great darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Our Advent journey has helped us prepare the way of the Lord in our own hearts and lives. So tonight, we relight the candle that represents hope. And we relight the candle that represents the peace of our Lord. And the candle that represents the joy of the Lord. And the candle that represents the love of Christ. Now tonight, on Christmas Eve, we light the center white candle, the Christ candle. Representing Jesus himself, the long-awaited Messiah, King of kings and Lord of lords, in whom all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Thanks be to God who gives us everlasting joy in Jesus Christ our Lord. Come all ye faithful.
On this holy night, we remember that Christ came into the world to save us from our sins. Salvation begins with confession. So please join me now in our unison prayer of praise and confession. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, we gather to celebrate your birth in Bethlehem. We stand in awe before the miracle of your incarnation. You have made yourself known to us by becoming one of us. You have come to live among your people in the person of your Son, to be for everyone the light of the world. Yet we confess that our steps are often in the darkness. As we gather this evening to celebrate the birth of our Savior, please forgive us. Fill us with your light, your love, and your joy once more. Help us to share the love and peace of Christ this season and in all of the seasons of our lives. Amen. Please take a few moments of silence now to offer your personal prayers of confession. Let us pray. Amen. Hear these words of assurance. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The proof of God's mercy is found in the manger and the cross. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are forgiven and loved. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Thanks be to God. Please stand as we respond to God's love and grace.
As we share our lessons and sing our Christmas carols this evening, please remain seated. Our first lesson comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses, verse 2 and verses 6 and 7. Listen to the word of the Lord. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
our second lesson is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph in the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month of her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her.
verses 18 through 23. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. lesson is from Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 7. In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David called Bethlehem because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver the child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn.
fifth and final lesson this evening comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. In that region there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven... The shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen as it had been told them.
pastor is hearing that, hearing a congregation sing together, where it's not just choir, but it's choir. Friends, that's how it should be as we praise God together. Let us join in a word of prayer. Holy God, this evening we join together to sing the songs we love, to reflect upon the familiar scripture passages that remind us of the birth of Christ. And we pray may your spirit be amongst us and in us to lift our hearts, Lord, from the despair of the darkness, the violence, the hate, the arrogance, and the brokenness of our world. Tonight we turn our attention to Christ, who came as the light in the darkness to give us renewed life and joy and peace. Amen. Well, my kids are a little older now. They're still kind of young, but they're, they're older than they once were when they were toddlers. And some of you parents, grandparents, are probably going to identify with what I'm about to describe. So as toddlers, there's something special about that time in their lives. Like opening Christmas presents is just like this magical experience. I mean, it still is. Like you can still, we still like how you open your presents. But especially like that age as toddlers is, is really neat. You know, before they kind of get to the video games and the, the sports and kind of the, you know, the bigger kids stuff. Because that's the age when it's all about, like, the toy toys, right? You know, the, when we were younger, we used to go through the catalog and circle all the things like that. It's all the stuff that says some assembly required, you know, requires, like, four AA batteries, six AAA batteries. So you're searching the house, taking batteries out of the remote just to try to get this thing to, you know, play its siren or scooch along the ground, whatever it's going to do. It's just like this really magical time in and the life of a child, and especially for parents and grandparents and family to be a part of. Well, there, there was something that I had to learn pretty quickly, though, because I would get really excited about, you know, one or two presents, like, oh, they're going to love that. And so, you're, you're, you know, you wrap it up, you put it under the tree, and it comes to that time, and they open it up, and they get to it, and they get to the thing, you know, they're like, oh, okay, and they put it down, and then they just start playing with the box, Right? That's, that's like the real gift. And you're like, I just spent, I don't know how much money. I pre-assembled that thing. And they're more interested in the cardboard box that it came in. Well, if you're looking for any gift ideas for, you know, about a three-year-old, just save your money, buy a big box, buy a box of markers, and uh, just let them have it. But I hope that this Christmas you will take some time for your own life, in your own life, to think about the important gifts the gift of friendships, gift of family, and most importantly, the gift of faith, something that's often overlooked in our day-to-day life. Today is the, the last day in the season of Advent. Um, Advent, the word, means coming or arrival, and the, ad, the season of Advent is the season of hopeful expectation. It's a time when we are called to remember and to reflect upon and to look forward to the coming of the birth of Christ. And tomorrow, as everyone knows, is Christmas. It is that day. Well, the Sundays of Advent, they each have a theme. And uh, so there's four Sundays in Advent. And when we light our candle, we, we remember those themes. And so the first candle, the first Sunday of Advent, reminds us of hope. It talks about the, or reminds us of the theme of hope. The second candle that we light reminds us of the theme of peace. And the third candle, usually a pink candle, as you can see up here, is the theme of joy. And then the last Sunday in Advent 
reminds us of the theme of love. But at the center of them all, the one to which they are all connected to, is that white candle that represents Christ. Christ is at the center. Christ serves as the hub for all the other candles. And it's that center candle that really represents our faith, our faith in Christ. It serves as the foundation for all the others. And so over the past four Sundays um, in, in our services, I've been building upon an idea, just kind of slowly and steadily. So four Sundays ago, I had said that faith is the foundation of hope. And then two, uh, three Sundays ago, faith is the foundation of peace. Faith is the foundation of joy. Faith is the foundation of our love. Faith is that common denominator. It is the central and fundamental idea. It is the key that locks and links them all together. And all of those things, our faith included, is built upon Christ. So this evening, I just wanted to highlight a few points about this idea of faith and what it means for us in our lives. And the first thing that uh, came to mind for me is it's important for us to know that faith does not equal perfection. Faith is not about being perfect. You know, we have a Bible that's full of stories of people of great faith, but they weren't perfect. People like Moses and David and Paul and Peter and the disciples, they were imperfect people, but they sought to live out their faith as best they could. In the midst of a broken world, in the midst of being broken people, they sought to live out their faith Faith does not mean that we have everything all together in our lives, that we've got everything figured out. It doesn't mean that we've reached some level of perfection. But it does mean putting your trust in God, putting your faith in Christ. Faith calls us, it leads us, and it empowers us to walk in obedience to God's will, which is how we grow in our knowledge and love of God. Second thing I'd like to say about faith is that Faith is, just, is not just a knowledge about something, but it's a trust in someone. Faith involves both our head and our heart. John Calvin, an early reformer, he, he talk, says this of faith. He says, faith is a firm and certain knowledge of God's benevolence toward us, founded upon the truth of the freely given promise in Christ, both revealed to our minds and sealed upon our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Or the Heidelberg Catechism puts it this way. It asks the question, what is true faith? How are we to understand what true faith is? And it answers that question. It says that faith is not only a certain knowledge by which I accept all as true that God has revealed to us in his word, but also a wholehearted trust. That's the heart part, which the Holy Spirit creates in me through the gospel. Faith is not just knowing about something. It's about putting your trust in someone, and that someone is Christ. The third thing I wanted to say about faith this evening is that faith in Christ is the means for salvation. It is the means of God's grace. There is no other way our sin is atoned for apart from the cross of Christ. John writes in his letter, God is love. And this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us 
and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God's love was revealed through the atoning sacrifice of Christ. The reason we gather this evening and tomorrow morning and celebrate Christmas is to remember the birth of Christ that leads us to the cross of Christ and the resurrection of Christ and the promises that that holds for us. The fourth thing I wanted to mention about faith is that faith is a gift. Faith is a gift. In this season where we give and receive gifts, let us remember the greatest gift of all, and that is the gift of faith. Paul says in Ephesians 2.8, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of faith is founded upon Christ, the author and the perfecter of it, the word that was made flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth, the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah, and our Lord. The final point I wanted to make about faith this evening is that faith is something that is dynamic and active. It's not meant to be something that's static or lifeless. Our faith is, faith is not something that we should say that we believe, but then has no real influence on our lives. Our faith should guide us. It should direct us. It should inform our perspective on life and the world around us. It should shift us from having a worldly perspective to that of having an eternal perspective. It gives meaning to our lives. It influences the decisions we make each and every day. It affects how we think It shapes our behaviors, how we treat others. Our faith calls us forward to live our lives with meaning and significance. Even though we know it's not always easy to live out our faith. There's pressures, there's distractions, there's other influences. But living in faith requires us to prioritize the things that nurture faith. That prioritize our worship of God. And living out our faith calls us to forgive and to love even when it's not easy to forgive and love. Life itself is not always easy. We all know that. We see it on the news. We see it in our own lives. Life throws curveballs at us all the time. It's not always easy, but our faith provides us with a firm foundation on which to stand in the midst of the storms of life. Friends, Christmas, this evening, tomorrow, is a call to faith. It's a call to receive the gift of God's love for you. So the question for each and every one of us is this. What will you do with that gift? What will you do with that gift? Because faith is not meant to be a a decoration. It ought not to be something that we just put on the shelf because it sounds nice. Faith is not meant to be just seasonal something that is relevant only during certain times of the year. And I'm not talking about just Christmas and Easter and the the high holy days or whatever you want to call them, but also times of funeral, you know, those uh, times of loss when we turn to our faith. Faith is meant to sustain us all throughout the year in all circumstances of life, both, both the joys and the sorrows. And faith is not something that is intended to be locked away in a safe only to be used for insurance purposes. What will we do with the gift of faith? Is it important to us? Will we pursue it? Will we let it guide us and shape us and change us to mold us into who God has called us to be and to what God has called us to do? 
Sometimes we neglect the true gift that we've been given and instead opt for that cardboard box. It may look like more fun, fun in the moment, but we know that those things in life, much, much like those cardboard boxes, they don't last in the long run. They get tossed out with the trash after a few days, or maybe in our case at home, a few weeks. Maybe that's about as long as they last, though. Faith is a gift that goes beyond all others. It's a gift that gives us meaning, purpose, joy, peace, hope, and love. Christmas is a call to receive and embrace and give thanks for the gift of faith in Christ. So I pray that you will do just that. Receive it gratefully, embrace it lovingly, and give thanks to God joyfully. That's what we do this evening. If you are in need of hope or peace, love, joy in your life, or just in need of meaningful faith, Remember, reflect on the words of the angel that it said to the shepherds, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is the Messiah, the Lord. Friends, God loves you. God loves you. And he has revealed his love to us through Christ, our Savior. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let us respond now to God's grace at the time of offering.
We are all participants this evening in the worship of God. And as we join in this time of celebrating God's light in the darkness, I have a few words of instruction, okay? This is really important. If you've done this before, you kind of know the drill, but just so everyone is on the same page. All right, so we're going to pass a lit flame, and the way to do that is if your candle is lit, it stays vertical. No tipping, right? If your candle is not lit, you tip yours to light it and go vertical, okay? Everybody got that? Thumbs up if you got it. Okay, that was only like half of y'all. I'm kind of worried. (laughs) Let us join in this time of worship.
extinguish your candle. Let us join in a prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, we give you thanks for this evening, this time that we celebrate the gift of your love. Lord, we thank you for the gift of faith that moves us, that empowers us, that calls us forward, that we would be the light into the world. Lord, may the peace and joy and love of your presence be with us this evening, tomorrow, and all of our days. Amen. Let us sing our closing hymn, Joy to the World. out through those doors and share it to those we love, to those we don't know, to those we are yet to meet. Merry Christmas. And may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit be with you this night, tomorrow, and all of your days. Go in peace. Amen.